Welcome to Girlfriends Pray. We are a prayer ministry for women where our mission is to draw more women closer to God through prayer. We would like to welcome you to our series on mental wellness. In this series, we are focused on the elements of prevention, intervention, and support. Within the African American community, there is the belief that no matter how great the burden, prayer is the answer. While we as women of faith know and understand the power in prayer, we also know that God gives wisdom to trained mental health professionals to support us through difficulties. The purpose of this series is to educate our sisters on the importance of maintaining mental wellness as well as open the conversation around treatment. We hope you enjoy the series and that you will share it with someone. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you. Thank you, gorgeous, greatness, beautiful. Thank you so much for covering us. Uh, past uh, Reverend, and uh, we just so so appreciate you um, going before the throne. I, I'll tell you the part when you said and strengthen our legs. I almost fell out. I said thank you, Jesus, and so we thank God for you, and um, and we ask that God restore you for all that you have poured out on our behalf to go before the throne. So um, so we so so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is Girlfriends Pray, uh, prayer ministry for women. If you just join the line, we have been covered, and uh, we do this Monday and Friday. Uh, this is our prayer, but now we're going to, at, just as a matter of responsibility, it is the month of January, and in January um, we know that uh, there is the presenting for um, a lot of things, a lot of things, whether um, you are suffering from the holiday blues, maybe. Uh, maybe it is that you are managing a heavy load, or maybe it is you are grieving loss. Um, but we are going to shift gears in just a few minutes and go into our, uh, we call this group therapy, Girlfriends Pray Real Talk. Um, and it really is just a Q&A. Uh, we're going to bring in our expert for today, a licensed clinical um, social worker who has been years in this uh, industry or in the industry and in the business of helping uh, people, women, and now she's attached to girls, college girls, uh, Dean uh, Tamika Jenkins. We're going to have her come in in just a minute. And we're going to have a conversation and a Q&A. You can, we're going to open up the lines and answer your question. If you, uh, now that we have prayed, now that prayer is complete and we hand everything over to God, um, there is the very real conversation that has to be had about uh, we are praying and as a matter of responsibility, we are seeking help when we need it. So whatever it is, uh, we are seeking help. We know that it's God and God equipped and empowered and anointed people in in this space, in therapy and psychology and psychiatry. God equipped other people to help us to sort through any of our life challenges. Um, and so whatever challenges you are uh, experiencing right now that may be in this space of feeling not yourself. How about that? Not feeling yourself, um, uh, maybe feeling heavy and you can put your finger on it, or maybe you're feeling heavy because you can't put your finger on it. We're going to have this conversation. So invite your friends right now. Uh, invite a colleague, uh, a love, uh, put the phone on speaker if you're at home and you know the people in your household uh, need this. It could be that you you are you are well you are healthy and well um, but maybe you notice that it's either your partner your parent your sister your daughter your nephew your brother uh, is having a hard time in this season and that is why we are here the intention is for us to learn ask questions and then we will move on from this call so uh, we're going to bring in Tamiko. Uh, uh, Tamiko, if you are here, 
uh, come on hey, in. Hey, good and morning. Me. Happy Friday, hey there, gorgeous. Happy hey Friday there. to you. Thank you so much <laughs> for so having glad. me. Oh, yes, we are so excited um, that you could make time. You know, I knew this was a, a challenging time, a risky time. I know uh, all of our therapists uh, who we've had on the line I know have full-time responsibilities. So, Tamiko, I so appreciate you being here today, Dean. Um, well, you know what, yeah. Dee, it's always going to be yes and always. Just really quick, if you don't mind, I'd love to just tell a really quick story using myself as a case study because Girlfriend's Prayer, I mean, I really healed here um, through prayer mm-hmm. and being able to serve God. I went through an incredibly dark season, and um, it was really through being able, you, one time on a call you said, uh, pray and go to therapy, you know, pray on the way to the hospital, and um, that really spoke to me volumes that I was able to get out of my bed and uh, get to where I needed to be in terms of making an appointment with a therapist, getting on calls regularly here with Girlfriends Pray and serving. And so using myself as a case study, you know, I walk it like I talk it, as um, the <laughs> women at my college say, um, that I get to work every day with. But um, it's, it's, it's real. Life is life and things come up. And so you really need to have um, – these practical tools. So thank you for pausing and doing this so that folks can get their answers um, to their questions and get, you know, informed. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. And um, because I know so many people would identify with that and it needed to come from you in the therapy space and doing this work that you, you know, you stayed prayerful in a dark season. Well, first that everybody has, or it's, it's not unusual to have a dark season or a dark mm-hmm. day, a dark moment, um, and that you stayed prayerful. And then it also made sense that you pray in route to getting help. So thank you, my friend. I so adore you. My mom was so excited that you were coming today. She, she said this last oh, week. She said, oh, to me, so I'm so excited. Yes, yes, you yes. You know how but much me, I love your mom. Yes, 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 yes. So here's what we've been doing. I know you know this, but ladies, can you get ready with your questions? So Tamiko, this is, I think, one, you're one of three, one of four. Uh, this is the third um, uh, session that we've had, and we've been talking about, and, and, and I will say that this was triggered by um, Twitch, the suicide, the, a, very, a very public suicide mm-hmm. um, last year, the end of last year. And it was because uh, seemingly a man who was dancing and smiling and happily married on one day and literally dancing online and then the next day had drove himself and checked into a hotel and committed suicide. Um, what the, and so what I did at that time, I knew it would be we were already in a season that was heavy because it was a few um, days before Christmas. I knew there are a lot of people who – um, struggle if they are without their loves. I know a lot of women, we've heard it here on the line uh, in December, they say, you know, I really just want to go to sleep and wake up in January. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, and we've even had it had it here, you know, Davida, this, just this last Friday, she went to a funeral of a cousin, a young uh, cousin who committed suicide. And so we're seeing it more. We've talked about that. Um, but I also want to talk about, you do, you really help us sort through things like um, overwhelm, uh, mm-hmm. anxiety, and things like that. So, so I want to just start with, though, the basics of the season that we're in where mm-hmm. the thing that is the, the biggest is it's January and there is a real thing about the holiday or the blues. I think they call things like Blue Monday, meaning the time after the holiday. And then we're in this window of – uh, what some of us know as seasonal affective disorder, depression during a season. So can we just start with there with mm-hmm. give us some insight as to January and what happens and what's typically, typically presenting for women and for people um, in, in the space of depression and over, or anxiety or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The one thing I want to say at the top as we begin to dive in here is to make an ask for folks to write down 988, 
which is the National Suicide um, Crisis Line. You just dial 988 for yourself or for someone else. Um, the conversation that we're going to have is a message of hope in that depression, anxiety, having suicidal thoughts, all of it is treatable. There is intervention. Um, there is life at the other side of how you're feeling or how your loved one or friend may be feeling. And so we just really want to make sure that folks have something at the ready in case they are triggered by the conversation or if they immediately know this sounds like me, I need help, you're going to dial 988. Just as you dialed into this prayer line this morning, you'll hang up and dial 988. Um, so, Dee, yeah, you oh, know, one of the things, yeah, that I really like to set the stage with is that folks understand that there's a biology to depression, anxiety, um, that some folks are genetically predisposed, right, chemically um, for uh, having an imbalance. And so when that imbalance meets situation, um, I got a divorce at this time of the year, I lost my grandma and it was right at New Year's, or I got in a car accident, I lost my job, whatever the situation is or whatever the environmental stressor is, that combined with your biology, that chemical imbalance, really can lead folks to find themselves feeling these symptoms of depression, um, anxiety. Perhaps you've heard, you know, you have someone in your life or yourself have been diagnosed with being bipolar, which would be that extreme high and low. And so um, I share that to say that um, one in five, right, we understand that the statistic is one in five. And so if we're on a prayer call and there's 20 of us in here, right, we easily know that they're going to be one in five is like, what, five? Five goes into 24 times, so right? So um, you're not alone. Um, it is very common to have these experiences to biologically be made up with a chemistry um, that is in need of intervention. And so in these conversations, I'm hoping to really normalize and destigmatize um, these conversations because of how how normal this is. I mean, this is my day-to-day. -day. Even I shared at the top of the call my own personal experiences. Um, and so there's a real necessity to understand that you're not alone and there is help that is available. So this time of the year when you're, you know, you're watching these commercials, and you're listening to everybody on social media talk about, you know, new year, new me. You know, they're in the gym. They're excited to kind of get this freshness going. And you're looking around and you're thinking, I feel incredibly heavy. This feels dark for me. I'm not in this kind of zone of new year, new me. What's going on? What's wrong? Right? You'll start feeling sort of this shame um, sometimes even guilt, particularly for folks that maybe have high-functioning depression where you've got the job, you've got the marriage, you've got the kids, or whatever it is, but you still feel this blue or this darkness. And so the key is to recognize that, yes, your functioning has been impacted or there is an impairment there, but there's nothing wrong with you, like who you are as a person. You just need to get treated, and that would be much like, you know, for my ladies on the call, all of us that have gotten a UTI or if you've ever been treated for, you know, anything else, a kidney infection, or you go to the doctor and you get what you need to get, right, so that you can treat those symptoms and then begin to function with more relief. And, you know, so we want to be able to have that mental health conversation be parallel to that of a physical health um, impairment because it is the same. You know, your body is your body, and I really like to treat this in a mind-body-spirit capacity, right, when we start looking at resources and how do we get to the other side of things. It's treating mind, body, and spirit. Wow, thank you so much. appreciate the, the nuance of uh, the predisposition um, combined with the trigger, and I, I really um, like teasing out also not just grief and loss, but, um, you know, other things that can trigger uh, where we might be uh, predisposed. So I appreciate you. Okay, so now that you gave us that very um, thorough uh, bit, of, bit of insight, and I want to go into 
then the biggest or one of the things that we want to take away, we want to know how to identify the symptoms and signs of what mm. within ourselves and within other people. So that's always a big question, symptoms and signs within, our, within ourselves and other people, family members, friends. And then the second question is only going to be then what do we do? How do we handle? What's a best practice? What's a worst practice? And then once we do that, then we want to open up for questions for um, folks who have questions here. Um, I will invite everybody on the line to get a pen and paper and to write down take notes um, so that when we get to, you know, the end of the call, uh, we can make sure that questions that you're asking hasn't been something that maybe um, Tamiko has already uh, shared with us. So if you could do that, that would be wonderful. And we'll be here uh, for a few more minutes until the top of the hour. So please invite um, folks, uh, your friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, put the phone on speaker for your honey, your hubby, your kitties, uh, invite your if you have kids in college, invite them, just send it to them. Uh, you don't know. They might plug in. So, um, so yeah, so Tamiko, can you take us to those next two questions, signs, symptoms, and then best practices, worst practices for how do we deal, how do we manage, how do we help? Absolutely. And so um, I want to point out that it's, it's rarely never one thing in isolation, right, when we're talking about signs and symptoms. When you hear me um, start talking about how we clinically diagnose someone uh, with depression, it's not that you have been unable to sleep or you're sleeping too much alone, right, that makes you depressed. It's the issues with your sleep patterns combined oftentimes with appetite changes, your concentration and focus are off, your energy level is either, you know, way low or too high, um, just a feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, worth, you know, not feeling worthy. It's that full picture that we're looking for when we diagnose um, clinical depression. I'm going to ask you how long has this been happening, and I want to know, like, how many times a day or how many times a week, right? What's the duration? What's the frequency of that full picture? Um, I think that in common, like popular culture, we use these clinical terms very um, loosely when it's not a clinical matter, right? Like the weather is bipolar or, you know, if someone is acting um, differently, we might say, oh, they're acting, you know, bipolar. You know, so these are very clinical terms that, you know, I want to make sure that we understand what the definitions are and that it is a medical diagnosis and that you have to go and see someone licensed um, to, to perform an assessment and a screening so that they can get a clinical picture of how long this has been happening, what's the frequency, and what the intensity of your symptoms are. And they'll look at what your baseline is, right? Like, so for me, um, someone might ask me, well, what did it look like, you know, five years ago, two years ago, as opposed to what do I look like today? Because everyone's baseline is different. Um, D, because I've known you for some time, I understand sort of like your energy level, right? I know your presentation. And so suddenly, mm -hmm. if I notice like the shift in your energy, you know, dials back for over mm -hmm. two weeks every day, mm -hmm. right? Then you can, you know, you have to know someone's baseline. And so that's why the therapist, the psychologist, the psychiatrist is important because they're going to have these touch points and be able to assess you over, you know, a period of time by taking a history and then getting a current snapshot. And so, you know, I am a, a, a holistic um, practitioner. I really like to um, set my clients up and people that I work with um, for success by looking at practical tools that really hit the different, different spheres of wellness. I don't believe in just taking the medication to, you know, help balance out your chemistry. I will look at do you need a medication and can we go to, to a restorative yoga class and also where's, where's your uh, fellowship? You know, where do you worship? Um, where do you go and have brunch? You know, who are you walking with? And so we want a treatment plan that really hits on those very, you know, those high three key fears so that you don't have healing in isolation like that. I think you really need a multi-pronged approach. 
because um, it's rarely one tool that gets you out of the ditch. You need to have a hammer, a screwdriver, a flashlight, you know, all these different um, options because sometimes music worked for me today, um, but I put that same music on and it didn't hit the same. So I need to be able to know which girlfriend to call. I need my therapist appointment. Where's my Zoloft? And I'm going to uh, step or get on my Peloton later, mm-hmm. right? So just having all those different options. Oh, that's so good. The holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Multi-pronged. Mm-hmm. That's what you said, multi-pronged. See, if I would have had my pen and paper, uh, I could write that <laughs> down. You know, so, somebody, uh, one of the OGs uh, uh, gave us feedback, and they said, can you tell everybody to have a paper and pen? Mm, there you <laughs> go. Notes, there you multi-pronged. go. And, and here, okay. So, and, and you know what um, I also appreciate about what you just gave us is, uh, you said in the commercial space or in the public domain, we use very clinical terms, and you didn't say uh-huh. it, but I got the sense that, and that's inappropriate for us to use those terms to say the weather is schizophrenic or bipolar uh-huh. and stuff like that. We uh-huh. use that, uh, use those terms, but just saying that it's a very real thing. Um, and so, yeah, uh, and, and okay, so um, so that is helpful. Let's see. Were you going to share any anything else in terms of um, signs, symptoms? We we get that. We get the well. Actually, you did cover it, and um, so I'm going to I think begin to open the line so we have uh, you know we can get some questions here. But um, that was uh, really really helpful, um, and particularly at the part about the multi-pronged approach, but not just the uh, therapist. Uh, some might be medicate or medication might be might be okay. helpful, but it's also those other lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like a, a healthy lifestyle. I'm I'm big on um, lifestyle. Quality of life mm-hmm. has been my thing, and I know you know this, Tamiko. Um, yeah. And some of you here, I am. I am. One of my top five values is a quality life, a meaningful and purposeful life, but also a quality life. So I do have a success routine in the morning. I have a lot of structure, more so in the morning, because that's when I can have the most control over my day. I have really great boundaries in the morning, but that really is, it has helped me to, I think, guard and protect, you know, the other side or what could happen when you don't have that whether it's overwhelm and stress and anxiety and then, you know, just all kinds of other other things. So um, so that was really helpful just to know and for it to be reinforced that, you know, having structure. I, I'll tell you this. Um, I've read and know that things like clutter and overwhelm mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. lead to or um, impact, and correct me if I'm wrong, things like depression. So I am, no, I'm a minimalist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, mm-hmm. what are you going to no, say? No, that's really powerful. It's, it's true, that connection. Um, one of the things as a practitioner that I've been able to do is therapy in the home setting. So I'll go to someone's, you know, home and provide services. And you walk in the door and you can just see the physical manifestation of what's going on internally with the person. And so what I've often said to folks, what can be, I think, kind of clumsy or clunky about um, mental health illness is you don't have the motivation, the desire to kind of get up and clean the house, get out the bed to go to, you know, go to the gym or, you know, get the fresh air, take a walk. And so this is why I cannot stress enough. You don't have to have a whole crew and clique of friends or family that you have around you, you need just one, one person that will key in your door or knock and get that door open, flick that light on, shades Mm -hmm. up and get you up and put some dishes in a dishwasher and help you get on track. Because when, when it's heavy and it's dark and you can't get up, it is the, it's the power of connection and having relationship with people that can sometimes really help get you on track. And so I do want to also lift up before we start taking questions, sort of this, the mind-body um, relationship of what we call like psychosomatic 
um, folks will come in and they're having headaches and um, stomach aches and just gut issues and um, not really realizing the connection of your mental health anxiety and depression with that headache and your upset stomach may be anxiety, right? And so how important it is to have a primary care provider that also understands mental health that when you're coming in and I've had chronic headaches can say, okay, tell me a little bit about um, how you're doing emotionally and can start unpacking that for you because there is a connection between your mind and your body in that way. And your environment, clutter, absolutely D, physical manifestation oftentimes of the stress and overwhelm folks are feeling. Yeah, yep, okay, okay, nope, that's that's good. Look, and I think it's, um, and, you know, I thank you for giving us permission to, you know, have one friend who we deputize. I, call, I always call it, you yes. know, deputize. I deputize some of, I'm always deputizing somebody to keep me in order, typically when it's around a project or a work or a service. Yes. Uh, because some people know my heart, know my intention. I mean well, but sometimes, you know, because I just show up in the way that I do, I never, I always want to be sensitive. And so I always deputize somebody. So I like this idea of one person to put the key in the door and, and you know, and help, help. let's get it started in here, okay? Like, yeah, That's no, let's, 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 let's enter. Yeah, so I, I like that. And, you know, I, always, I also feel like this is a place of a sidebar conversation with everybody here that you could take it to one friend or friend circle. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a debrief with my girlfriend circle, be you know, and we already kind of have this, like we could go put the key in the door um, or get on a video, not a call, but a mm-hmm. video, let me see you, because I want to see if you shower today. Like I want to see what you That's look it. like. I want to see your face. I can tell if your face is swollen and if you're crying and stuff like that. So I love, uh, thank you for giving us that and for, yep, confirming um, things like, again, how we live our lifestyle can either, can complicate, can add um, increase the anxiety or, or you know, trigger or, or, or just overwhelm that then leads to other things. Um, and then the opposite. I think some people don't uh, – I, th- I, think, I think a lot of us have never been educated on the importance of having uh, or managing just our home life, our home space, whether you have mm-hmm. a little or whether you have a lot. Um, also, the I'm going to tell you, I am um, – addicted to um, this one medication that I have to take now in the morning because the way it makes me feel. It's like a drug because the way that it makes my body feel first thing in the morning versus when I don't take it. Do you know what that is, Tamiko? It is the gym. Yeah, I I was going to say the Peloton. It (laughs) is not. You knew where I was going with it. It is Mm -hmm. I no longer attach my losing weight this is i am not any longer eating or working out to lose weight and look good i have mm-hmm. measured i have assessed i have no i know the way that my body walks differently feels differently moves differently my energy and my focus if i have 10 minutes of cardio just 10 minutes even if i don't have time who doesn't have 10 minutes and so I'm forever committed for the latter of my life as long that God allows me the ability. I get on. I thank God that I could, when I put one foot down, I say thank, and the left foot down, you, and thank, and you, because I know so many people don't have it. So, again, I only bring that in because, um, and I'm told, that, that helps. That's part of the mm-hmm. treatment, the, 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 the one pharmaceutical, the one drug that you can take that doesn't cost you anything is move your move body. Move your body. Mm-hmm. Move your body. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you think about sort of sensory experiences, um, most of us have access to, to five or some of us four or three, you know, whatever senses you have access to, um, sight, hearing, smell, touch, and I'm forgetting one, Um you want to have it is okay hearing mm-hmm. you want to just look at your coping plan your wellness plan through the sense of your five senses you know that's why i really love walking i'm um, a running whatever you know your choice 
but it, and it's free, and you get out there and you get fresh air, sunlight. Um, there's the sound of the wind, right? You can put your hands in soil, um, ground your feet on the earth, you know. But however you can bring in these sensory experiences, some people like to cook, and that's their thing. You get smell, and you get to, you know, move in that way. But you need to have at ready your go-to and set it up now. When you're in a crisis, it's hard. You know, you have constricted thinking. It's hard to think solution-focused. It's hard to problem-solve. So you want to have your routine, your schedule in place now so that when your season hits, because life is going to life, things are going to happen. We already know that. Um, you want to have your go-tos. I know what my go-tos are. I'm very clear about my connection with music. I'm very clear about how I have to be connected. I need to be able to have a chit-chat. Hey, girl. Hey, you know, and, and have those mm-hmm. second points. And so have mm-hmm. that plan in place in advance so that when you're going through, you know, you know your scriptures. You know, you know, mm-hmm. Your sermon, you know, that one sermon you hit, and it hits every time, you know, you can hit it on replay. But have your tools in place so that, you know, when you're going through, you're not scrambling and you can't, you know, think of solutions. Awesome, awesome. Let's open up for questions. This is so good. Uh, so listen, here's how the questions work. I'm going to um, just ask for volunteers. You don't have to share your name if it is, if, you know, if you just want to not be known here, that's fine. Um, but you can ask a question we're talking about. Uh, and by the way, if you came on late, um, we are here with Tamiko Jenkins. She is an educated LCSW practitioner. She does this work. Um, she's our resident uh, therapist for today. This is a three of four therapists who we've had to come on and to answer our questions so that after we pray, we know we can then uh, uh, create a plan or we can get help or at least be a resource for a family member or friend. And so we're talking about anxiety, overwhelm, depression, triggers, and all that good stuff. So come on in. And who has a question here? Um, State your first name or make up a name. First name? If it's star six right now, you can come in, star six. Okay. Hi, this is Blanca. Can you hear me? Okay, Blanca. Yep, Blanca, you'll be number one. Who else has a question? uh, Any other questions? If you could come in and give me your name. Any other questions here on the line? Vera. Vera, you will be number two. Any other questions on the line? We'll take maybe a third. If you have a question, just tell us your name or make up a name. Give us an alias. Do we have a question? And you can star six to come in. We have number one is going to be, we have number one, number two. Number one is going to be Blanca, number two, Vera. Any other questions today for our resident therapist? I think I hear somebody coming in. Linda, Linda, you're... Linda, you're going to be number three. Did I hear somebody else coming in? Okay. We're going to go with three questions and we'll be complete for today. Um, so, yes, yeah, so if you have a question, and, and because we have about 12 minutes, um, not, we're going to go with number one, and then we'll make sure we're going to leave time for two and three. So uh, number one, Blanca, you want to ask your question to Tamiko? Okay, we'll come back to Blanca. You want to go, Vera, number two? And we'll come back to you, number one. Number two? Oh, did we lose everybody? Okay, so hang on. We may have, so command control, can you allow for, oh, my goodness, how will you know, uh, number one, two, and three to come in? Number three, are you able to come in? Okay, it's Vera. I'm number two. Okay, go ahead. So Vera will get you, and then we'll come back to one and three. Go ahead, Vera. Okay, and I just hit star six again. And so my question oh, okay. concerns my question concerns 
excuse me, um, you know, the seasonal affective disorder, which is real with me. What are, and thank you so much for the uh, suggestions that you shared. Any um, suggestions that you have found that are very helpful to a lot of people? Because I, I just know I deal with that, and I know other people who do. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorites for seasonal affective disorder is what we call phototherapy, light therapy. They have these light boxes that you can get um, either prescribed or over-the-counter. Um, you do a quick assessment to determine sort of your circadian rhythm, which is really like your internal clock around sleep and waking time, and it prescribes you a certain amount of light that you need um, throughout the day that just really helps, um, you know, with the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder because really it's connected to sort of like the changes in sunlight and access to that. Um, The other thing I would offer, of course, is – talk therapy, being able to connect with a therapist that would be able to help you with a treatment plan of other coping mechanisms. And then for some people, you know, you may have to consider um, medication. And I know for, you know, when we bring up medication, some people really are not pro that, you know, um, but think low dose, non-addicting, you know, medication has come a long way from what it's been, you know, those stories you see on TV and the person's addicted and they can't go without, you know, it's not that. That's not the scene anymore with prescribed medications, particularly when we're looking at something to treat seasonal affective disorder. And then, you know, you could also work with someone that's more naturopath. Um, There are, you know, lots of natural options that folks lean on, St. John's Ward and that sort of thing. But you'll want to work with a provider who has the expertise to know um, dosing and, you know, um, any counter um, actions that you may have with any additional medications that you're taking. Thank you so much, Tamika. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Awesome. Oh, I love that you gave naturopath. And I love the, uh, the reference to the light therapy and the very specifics for that. So that is so good. So we're going to ask you to go back on mute if you can, uh, Vera. And then we're going to go back to number one. Uh, Blanca, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Okay. And then everybody else can go on mute. Okay, so your question for Tamiko. All right. So there were a lot of factors that led me to to get into a state of depression. Um, I, I used it more like an escape route. So when I became overwhelmed by being a single mother, by work, by many, many, many things, I started negative self-talk. How stupid, why did you do that, this and that. And eventually, I would end up in a state of depression. And once I was in it, I was immobilized. I had to take time off from work and all this stuff. And, and the thought of suicide crossed my mind. I never let myself sit in it because I would think about my son and my grandchildren and the people that love me, and those were deterrents for me. Uh, and I would think about God and the sadness that I would cause God and possibly losing my salvation. So my question and, and my point is this. Is it practical, is it safe to have a conversation with your loved ones, with your girlfriend circles, and ask the question, have you ever considered suicide? Secondly, what led you there? And third, would you be willing to sign a commitment among ourselves that if you ever get to that place, you will call one of us? You will Mm -hmm. reach out. Is that practical and is it safe? Mm. Uh, Thank you so much for this question. There are... um, Lots of uh, training modalities for people that are um, not clinicians or practitioners to help loved ones, people in their community. Um, There's mental health first aid, and there's another one called QPR, which is the, the mental health version of CPR. And what you're speaking to reminds me of mental health first aid and QPR in that the first step in both of those modalities is to ask the question. Um, and I, I find that people get shy or afraid to ask someone, are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you having thoughts of ending your life? Um, because 
A, they don't want to know what's on the other end of that answer because they're not going to know what to do, right? Um, and you start thinking, you know, the fear of, okay, and what if they act on it and that sort of thing. And so as a person that's not trained as a clinician, asking the question is very powerful because sort of that next step or steps are to persuade them to get the help that they need and having the proper referrals, which are the P and the R of QPR. So the answer to your question is yes, absolutely. Um, you want to ask the question because most people that are thinking about ending their lives really just want the problem to end or the crisis to end. And the only solution that they can think of is to end their life because they can't think of how to get themselves out of whatever is happening. So if you can ask them the question and they tell you yes, you can get them connected to the right resource that could help them problem solve or think through whatever that crisis is. So we need more people um, acutely aware of the power of just asking the question and then having the ability to know, okay, we're going to dial 988 together right now because that's going to get us with a counselor on the other end that we can talk to to get us help or, you know, whatever those next steps are. Um, I think having an agreement amongst a group of people or family or friends I think is really important, you know, just to say, hey, um, I want to be your person. Can we be each other's community, each other's fellowship? I've got your back. Can you have mine? That if I am feeling this hopelessness, helplessness, that I can come to you and you can help me get to help. Um, because that's really what it's about. It's a very powerful, I think, process to sit with someone who is in a dark place and to help them get connected to the resource, resources needed to, um, to help them. I hope I've answered awesome. your question. Awesome. Okay. Yes, you have. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. And, you know, what All you, right. what well, you mean? Four... Oh, I was just going to say, when she when she mentioned – um, her son and um, wanting to continue to live because I need to be here for my child. For some people, it's a pet. I have a bunny, Reese. I have children. Mm -hmm. Those are what we call protective factors. And as a clinician, mm -hmm. I'm listening to hear what are your protective factors? What is it that's mm -hmm. going to motivate you to keep going? And we want to lift those things up. Um, mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised, people, you know, they're cats. I, I can't leave my cat alone. Okay, good. What you know, because that mm -hmm. will help me um, you know, mm -hmm. keep you safe. Got it. Awesome. Let's go to question number three. As we're coming to the top of the hour, I want to be mindful of your time, Tamiko, and everybody else is here. So question number three, uh, you have the floor. What's your question? And if you star six, you can come back in. Uh, can you hear me now? Can I can. Can. Go right ahead. Okay. Yes. All right. Th thank you so much for this forum. I've been, really been enjoying them. Um, my question has to do with um, children. Um, and as a parent of um, adult children, my son is 20 years old. Um, and sometimes I can see the spiral. Um, and I've asked him because he's a um, he played football in high school and then he didn't get the offers that he wanted in college, so he decided not to play football in college. So I see this kind of cycle, like a kind of this withdrawal kind of thing. Um, I don't see it as much now, so maybe he's kind of adjusted to college. But, you know, as a parent, and you say to them, you know, do you need to talk to somebody? You know, can, can I help you talk through? Because I know it's a process. You've been playing football since you were four. Um, so as a parent, how do you help your children to navigate, um, especially when they don't think they need, you know, outside help. What are some things that parents can do to help to support them? Mm -hmm. That's a very powerful question. I want to um, lift up this identity piece that I hear, that I think I hear you describing. What does it mean to be a student athlete and have that identity um, be challenged or shaken up when you don't continue that identity forward into young adulthood, right? The, the football player since four goes to college and he's no longer playing. There's a huge piece of the identity that's been shaken up. 
And so for that, I would say, you know, I love college settings because they have access to free counseling services in a counseling center, right? So if you have um, the ability to try to encourage them to get over to the counseling center, they have groups, they have things that don't feel as clinical, you know, like really cool um, options for college students to get plugged into. Um, But if that is something that, you know, your college student isn't going to necessarily go for. For him, I would want someone that has, like, the specialty in working with um, student athletes, someone in, like, sports medicine, sports psychology, because they're going to understand the nuances of that identity. Um, As someone that's worked in a college center um, counseling program, I always work with athletes to try to continue pieces of the identity that they can continue, right? So you want to keep that workout regimen. Your chemistry and and everything is really connected to this cycle of working out, the serotonin, the endorphins. And when you stop the workout plan that you've been doing as an athlete, you can really send yourself into like this spiral. So if you can continue a workout plan, get connected to like rec, recreational kind of sports. So if he's not on the team, most colleges have some sort of like sports and rec program where they're still um, playing football for fun, you know, which is a different mindset I know, but at least you get that same connection with the team. You're on a team, there's a coach, you know, those same kind of familiar um, factors that you're accustomed to when you're an athlete. Um, and the, the main thing I would say um, are those things, those pieces, but highlighting sort of someone that's trained in sports psychology that can really help um, him unpack the grief. He's grieving that identity shift. And so he would need support in that way. Awesome. Thank you, Tamiko. Thank you so much. I, I, you know, I think the Q&A, the questions, are so good because then you get to answer um, very specifically to the um, the challenge. So uh, and we get to hear your genius even more so. So we thank you so much for this. Um, so we are at the top of the hour. So we are complete here. Um, the time went really fast, but you know this was extremely valuable. If you're on the bat line um, and this was helpful for you and you were able to get value from today's Q&A. If you were here for prayer, great. Girlfriends pray uh, prayer early this morning at 7, but then able to stay with us for this group therapy. um, Then certainly let us know. And you can also let us know on Facebook on the Girlfriends Pray page um, if you were able to uh, just get one thing. Uh, I was I always like to say one thing, if you could take away one thing. Um, so, Tamiko, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving us of your time. I know you are a busy uh, wife, mom, dean. You've got your own, uh, tri- uh, uh, your girls over there, so we're not going to keep you, but I just want to thank you so much and leave you with the final word. And the final word, if you want to tell people where you are, where they can find you, if you're taking any private practice, if you're available, um, or where they might follow you, whatever it is that you want to share with, um, with everybody here today, please share, again, who you are, where you are, and how they connect if, if in fact, that is an opportunity. Um, and you know what? I do want to say this. Uh, when the one uh, we were talking about the um, – you know what? I'll share it in the next one, and that is we had a therapist here who did that mental first aid or whatever that was, and she's mm-hmm. really good at it. She really she mm-hmm. really there is a certification process. So when I heard that, um, it's Reverend Sharon White. She is trained in that. She's a big champion of it, but it is a like a training and certification mm-hmm. that you go to so that you know how to respond to mm-hmm. to that and, and be responsible. So um, but that said Tamiko, you have the floor. Uh, any last words to tie this up? Yes, I um, I want to share. I got a question on the back channel um, that really just says, "Hey, I'm doing everything. I'm on medication. I've got a community. I'm working out, and my symptoms aren't improving." The one thing I'll say about that, D, is your um, your needs have to your level of care have to meet your needs, and so um, going to therapy once a week may not be exactly what you need. They have intensive outpatient programs. 
that have partial hospitalization programs as well as actually going into the hospital or going to some sort of rehabilitation um, institution. Um, institution is sterile. Um, they have retreats, right, that you can go to. Um, and so you really want to have the high, the fit, that the level of care that you need um, to treat the symptoms. It's much like if I had a heart attack and I need to go in the hospital to have heart surgery, then I'm admitted and I go, right? And so once a week may not be what you need with a therapist. You might need more. So that's the answer that I would offer to that question. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I do have like a boutique private practice um, on a format. It's called Headway. And so you would just go to Headway um, and um, you can find me there. I'm only accepting um, virtual appointments at this time, and um, clients do need to be in Georgia um, for insurance purposes, um, but I accept all insurances or private pay. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at Dean underscore Tomiko, T-O-M-I-K-O, and DM me if you want to get connected, if you can't find me on Headway and I'd be happy um, to help support anyone here. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me, Dee. Oh, thank you, thank you. And Headway, is it headway.com or headway.org? Is that a resource that, uh, that lists therapists or uh, practitioners? Because yes. we don't know Headway. Yes, it is. Headway um, is sort of like your better help or some of those other um, chains okay. uh, that you can find therapists online. So it's headway.com. Got it. Awesome. Well, that is, there it is, Tomiko Jenkins. Thank you so much, Dean Tomiko. Have a wonderful day, um, everybody. This is Girlfriends Pray. Uh, we are complete. To learn more about Girlfriends Pray, you can go to www.girlfriendspray.org. Um, if you came in at, towards the end of this, uh, download the Girlfriends Pray podcast. We do record, and you can find prayer there as well as, I believe, our team has the therapy session uh, series um, to run there as well. So, um, and we will be back here on Monday for prayer, but next Friday for therapy. So it's our last uh, person in the series. We've had Reverend Sharon White. We've had Dr. Angela Clack, Tomiko Jenkins today, and then next week, Teresa Silva. And so we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday. And again, it's girlfriendspray.org. Um, to learn more, my name is uh, D.C. Marshall, and remember 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it says to pray without ceasing and pray on the way to therapy. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.